I don't know. I, I, I always felt that, you know, we knew like where we're coming from and like, I always like hated like the class system and like, uh, I don't know, like I, I always felt more connected to, to the underdogs, I guess. Hi, and welcome to Drinking with Creatives, where we drown journalistic responsibility in a pool of vodka. My name is Jeremy Berger, a filmmaker and editor, and each week I chat with a professional creative, have a few drinks, and chat about the topics they're currently facing. If I were to tell you that your job would bring you to every state in America, Cuba, Africa, aboard pirate ships, and inside maximum security prisons, would you find that intimidating? Well, meet Francesca Pagani. She's a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer, and journalist who has done all those things and more. Take a listen. So, Francesca, the first question I have for you, and it's actually the most important. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, So, I made a a beer cocktail. Um, Hmm. So, it's a mix of uh, beer and, uh, like, gingergrass soda and some ice and lemon. And you're going to send me the recipe because I, so I can include that in the show notes, right? Because now I want one. <laughs> yeah. So basically in Italy, in the summer, sometimes we do this uh, cocktail called panache, which is essentially a mix of beer and Sprite. Uh, I didn't have Sprite, but I wanted to have something fresh because I've been going out quite hard this weekend and I didn't want to like drink, drink too much. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, that's what I'm having right now. That sounds fantastic. I am drinking a smoked beer of my own creation. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. It came out okay. I'm sorry, what's that? How do you smoke your beer? Well, the malt itself is actually smoked. So <laughs> the the only trick with it is you got to be real light with it because if you get a bit too heavy of a hand, you're basically just going to be drinking a wood fire. <laughs> Could you please tell everybody who you are, what you're up to, and where we can find you? Um, yes, so my name is Francesca. I am uh, Italian, but I've been living in New York for the past 10 years. I'm based in Brooklyn. Um, I am a filmmaker, uh, mainly working as a cinematographer for the past two years, uh, but I'm sort of doing a little bit of everything in the field from producing, editing, um, writing my own stories. Um, but I'm working mainly as a, as a cinematographer, uh, and, um, I am, uh, just, you know, getting out of the pandemic lockdown and, uh, trying to create some, like, s- some projects, you know, with the, with the chances that I have. I normally travel a lot, especially in the summer months, and this year I think I'm probably going to be mainly in New York. Um, so things are a bit different a little bit (laughs) yeah and um did i miss anything oh just just where we can find you oh so uh i have a website uh it's my name and last name francesca pagani.com and then i have uh, instagram it's it's franchi pagani which is uh, my nickname my short version of my name it's the f-r-a-n-c-i uh, Pagani, P-A-G-A-N-I. Franchi? Yeah, Franchi. May I call you Franchi? Yes, for Excellent. sure. Excellent. 
Sometimes oh. it's a little confusing for Americans because they think Frenchy is like French, but I'm not <laughs> French. I'm Italian, so they say Francie or Francis, and uh, but yeah, it's it's Franchi. I will not be calling you French at any point during this program. <laughs> yeah, you have my word on that. I would like to actually begin. I think we talked briefly, like when we were on the phone, about you know, your travels, you put yourself in some very intense situations. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to hear about, uh, I wasn't able to watch the piece, unfortunately, at the time since we talked, but I would de I, I'm definitely going to want to hear about your adventures on a pirate ship. Not that I've been dreaming of that since I was a boy, but you know, <laughs> would like to know more. I am curious because you are a woman uh, and you've been placing yourself in very intense situations that uh, I would imagine many of your peers, both male and female alike, would shy away from. Uh, what are the challenges that you faced in regards to that? Um, okay, well, I think... Um, in terms of being a female filmmaker, or I, I think, okay, let, let, let me see. Um, when I when I travel places, yeah, of course, like you get into like situations where um, you might be uncomfortable. Uh, you might have to have a lot of patience. Um, you might be intimidated by, uh, but I think that's probably, something that is in within my my personality and my nature to be drawn towards those those situations and like wanting to be um in those places and like discovering uh how other people are living their life away from like the comfort zone mm -hmm. um and in terms of being female wait um i'm, I'm getting lost with it <laughs> oh no worries take your time take your time um, sorry, can you, can you just repeat a little bit the, the question? Well, let me, let me give you an, exa uh, a, an example that I came across years ago. Uh, are, do you know the photography Amy Vital? Mm -hmm. uh, she's covered uh, wartime conflicts and, you know, tribes yeah. in other areas. And uh, she got asked a similar question. We were communicating via email and she brought the point that there definitely were like challenges and people seeking to take advantage of a woman traveling alone with a whole lot of expensive equipment. Uh, but then she brought up something interesting, which was that it being in that position actually helped her gain access to sometimes uh, situations which one of her male colleagues possibly would not ever be able to get, be granted access. Yeah, I mean, I think as a, as a female, I am probably dating for some people mm -hmm. and they tend to um, connect with the with with the people that I'm filming, like with the characters, and try to have uh, like a personal connection before start filming. Mm -hmm. So investing time and showing care uh, into into the into the the stories of of your characters, and then from there, like building up a different type of access that is not just like going straight into somebody's life and and you know start start shooting or i think that the fact that i'm female and uh i'm really not threatening body type either uh 
could be seen as, as an advantage, yeah. And um, I mean, sometimes, uh, yeah, there, there were maybe like places where I felt that I had to prove myself more because of the fact that, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a woman and I'm um, maybe for my physical aspect, like I had to like, kind of like bring out more personality because people tend to judge you in a certain way. Like, oh, like, what do you, like, she can't do that. Like, she's not able to do that. Well, if I was, you know, a huge tough man, probably people wouldn't question me so much. I think uh, there's a, there's two sides to it. So there's a, the being less intimidating and being very welcoming and being patient. I feel like sometimes the feminine energy is a little bit more collaborative and uh, tend to have a little bit less pride than male sometimes. Not that I want to judge male, but and I think also for, for certain producers or within a team, it could be a, a plus being female. Uh, but because the industry is dominated by male, like I had to many times like, confront myself with situations where I felt I was uh, a little bit part of like a, a, a boys club and not necessarily like fitting in entirely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your approach to any given story? You were talking about like building trust, which, mm -hmm. you know, is, is something that's kind of talked about, especially more amongst journalists and sometimes filmmakers, but that's also a process that can sometimes take years. What's your approach to it? Uh, I mean, before, um, you know, before making the initial phone calls or the initial contacts, definitely uh, pr prepare and like find like as much as you can about the subject and find out as, you know, as much as possible so that already when you, when you introduce yourself as someone that might want to potentially film your stories, you're coming in, um uh already with with some knowledge like background knowledge that is really important for the people to feel like you actually care about them uh in terms of of building trust yeah i, I think you know it, it's necessary to to show that you want to you want to invest time potentially you're just not there to rip somebody's story off or just you know go in very quickly and wanting to uh, spend time so don't like pressure people necessarily uh, even though sometimes if you work for a media company for example obviously you have like limited amount of time and uh, deadlines and so you might have to find a way to kind of get your material in in a quicker way um, and then I think talking about your personal things a little bit like just like connecting on a human level, like the same way that, you know, I would do when I meet anyone, you know? Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. Rock and roll. <laughs> so like when you're doing the research, as you're saying, like you look through magazines, you're looking for original takes on stories, like what are the stories that you find hit you personally the most? What, what are the ones that you're just instantly drawn to? Um... I mean, I think I've been drawn to uh, marginalized communities. Uh, I, I think I've been, th there's like two, 
two realm of, of stories that I'm, I'm drawn to. And one is more about, it's people who kind of live their life a little bit in, like at the fringes of society and kind of have like an alternative way of, of experiencing life. Because I feel that even though, you know, I'm Brooklyn based and I, and I live like a, you know, pretty uh, like, I mean, I live within the, the terms of society and everything. I've always been kind of drawn to, okay, but what else is, is out there? And like, why are we living our life, you know, following rules that are necessarily, uh, that are not, you know, I, I've, I've been kind of like fascinated with people who live in, in wilderness in isolation and they survive in different, words that are not necessarily the city life that I experience when I'm here. Gotcha. Uh, and then uh, marginalized communities and I've been very interested in indigenous rights and native, native communities. Um, I think uh, there are also stories about dying cultures and dying traditions that I'm interested in just because I think the, the word is changing really fast and a lot of things are getting lost and even from my uh, like from my childhood to the life that I'm living now there's there's like such a big difference because I'm in this sort of like transition generation and um, sometimes like I would like to document some of the things that uh, kind of relate to the past but they're not they're not they're not gonna potentially be there in the future mm. <laughs> no no absolutely <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> i'm sorry i'm like rambling no 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 rambling it, it's a show where people are where people who are in creative industries are drinking of course there's rambling i invite <laughs> the ramble i'm also going to tell you i'm not doing too much editing on any of these and that's fine <laughs> okay i have a couple more beers you're going to find me rambling a little bit too it's very, <laughs> um, it's very interesting the uh, idea of capturing these marginalized peoples and and even in like traditions that are going away. I mean, I couldn't tell you with any kind of authority, but you know, I in the past ten years, I know we've seen the extinction of several languages just because the native speakers have been pushed out into larger societies where they are forced to go work and abandon their traditions. Yeah, um, like. I'm trying to formulate a question as I'm speaking here because I do. In fact, can you just tell me, like, give me a little bit more about that because it's just something so interesting that I have no experience in otherwise. Yeah, I mean, for example, uh, this this project that I that I dis did last summer about the Maasai runners in uh, in at the border between Kenya and Tanzania. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it's a place where. Uh, tribes have been living a very simple life for, for, for hundreds, thousands of years. And now because of urbanization and the fact that, um, you know, people from Western world have brought certain resources that didn't, weren't there before, um, that sort of like affected the, the life chain of, of the, the local communities so that people now is brought to move to the cities because they cannot like they, they sort of like detach from that original being that their parents and grandparents had and and now they're brought to shift entirely into this this new lifestyle and i think that some of the 
some of like the, the traditions will eventually disappear because um, people like just, you know, start modernizing and living in a completely different way. And now when you, because I mean, obviously that's a very engaging uh, story and it's a very engaging aspect to involve and immerse ourselves in. I'm just wondering when you're practically there shooting with the Maasai as a cinematographer, because of course, cinematography is, is of course a very wide ranging thing. It could be showing up with a rolling camera in given sunlight and audio conditions. And it could also be having three other people and doing recreation, et cetera, et cetera. What's your approach to cinematography in these sometimes marginalized areas that you find yourself shooting? Um... Well, approach in terms of cinematography, I, you know, I try, I try to gain as much intimacy with the subjects or try to hang out with them and, and be able to get trusted so that I can potentially go to their little uh, houses and, and spend time while they're uh, doing some of the, the more, you know, intimate, intimate routine actions that uh, are are the scenes that then you know a, a viewer later on could like relate to uh, and and experience and so uh, I like to get as close as possible to to the subjects um, you know I like to choose uh, morning and 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 evenings mainly for shooting for light reasons like I love sunrise uh, I love sunsets. Um, I mean, every cinematographer does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Um, yeah, uh, you know, potentially, um, let's see, like have, have, have like preview, have conversations and then like structure an interview after so that, you know, you're, you, you already get like a sense of like, you know, what the person is. So spend maybe more time just, in a verite mode so being around them make them comfortable to the cameras and then um you know when when you feel like it's 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 kind of like gain that that relationship between the subjects and the cameras and um interact more with like talking points or like interviews god you're you're doing this so well i'm running through all these questions really really quickly <laughs> really yeah yeah no this is this is incredible um, um so I feel like I need to ask you about that pirate ship now. Um, yes. So I was um, invited uh, by this uh, couple from Panama who had bought a pirate ship from one Caribbean island called St. Lucia. And wanted, they wanted to bring this, this pirate ship across the Caribbean Sea down to Panama. Mm -hmm. And they put together this crew uh, where uh, essentially like some of the people who live on this boat are um, people who have just been living out at sea for their entire life. Um, so, I mean, they're not pirates in the sense they don't rob other people, but they are like pirates in the sense that they live completely outside of like society as we know it. Yes. So they kind of like live on you know, on the ocean most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I, I was invited to take part of this journey and uh, I, uh, I went there and I essentially like film uh, all the interactions among this 
really kind of bizarre characters that were on the trip. Um, and at the same time, I traveled with them across the, the Caribbean Sea. So that was quite intense trip because uh, it took four weeks. And at one point, the, the boat had a lot of issues. So we got stuck in Dominican Republic in a very dangerous area. And, you know, overall, uh, it wasn't like a type of situation where, oh, you have your cabin on a boat where you can put all your equipment, super safe, you can charge your things. Like, it was like very uh, rough. Um, you would essentially like sleep on the floor on a piece of sponge and uh, have to deal with like water coming in at night. And it was all open. We had many storms. Uh, we had long stretches i think the longest stretch was eight days without going to shore at all and psychologically it's it's tough because it affects um the you know it it, it, it affects you in a completely different way uh, especially for for someone you know coming from from new york city it's like such a huge difference and um uh, i i just like recorded this this whole experience and like some of the relationships like the most where the captain who uh is a 40 something year old uh, belgian guy that has been living out at sea for his entire life and he has a child who is 13 years old and is a little girl that, that doesn't go to school she's completely like educated on uh just by living on boats and reading books and watching like Jean Cousteau documentaries and she knows everything about the ocean and she's just like very eccentric and um and special to me because she's not living the life that other children normally live um and so their relationship was very interesting it was probably one of my favorite um experiences uh it, it, part of the like one of my favorite part of the of the film and then uh, there was an old man who was 84 years old and was like running up and down the stairs on the boat. He was from San Francisco and he's been living on the Bay Area, in the Bay Area on boats his entire life. And he was involved in smuggling. He had been arrested. Um, when we got to Dominican Republic, he introduced us to this uh, cousin couple who were from the Montoya family who are Colombian drug dealers. And like he wanted to like scrap part of this boat uh, to fix the engine of the boat we were on, like all kinds of like shady situations that I found it like really bizarre. But there was also a humanity to those characters, and like uh, I don't know something r really special about people that they are not you know, just living the, the, the nine to five lifestyle in, in the city. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty deep experience for me. Now you see, between talking about the life at sea that you just did, and of course, um, the Maasai tribe, uh, I'm curious, because it seems that you have this approach to intimacy with your subjects, and I'm curious how that translates out to other, shall we say, less sympathetic organizations, like when you're in a maximum security prison or at a far right-wing rally. Is it the same approach for you, or do you have to kind of customize your approach per the situation? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, I would have to customize my approach in, in those kind of scenarios. Um, a lot of those projects are things that I did with Vice, which is a media company that I've been working for for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things, you know, some, sometimes like I would do stories that are assigned or I'm the, I'm the cinematographer in the team. So I don't necessarily have to like expose myself as much, you know, I'm just there to be part of the team. And, uh, and yeah, we've been in like, uh, we did a story, we cover a story in Arizona that um, interviewed like a bunch of people that were far right and uh, yeah, really disturbing. And, um, you know, you, you just, you, you deal with them with, with respect, obviously, because, you, you know, everyone is, is free to be whoever they are, but I wouldn't. Uh, like hang out necessarily with those people at the end of the shoot and uh, try to socialize in the same ways that I did with somebody like the Maasai or like people that I was more personally interested in, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are times that you do have to navigate yourself with characters that are not necessarily comfortable. And so you might, I don't want to say like pretend, but like just, you know, just limit your, your, uh, your opinions, you know, you, you know, like who you're dealing with and you don't want to, you know, you don't want to judge, you don't want to confront your characters, you know, you're just there to, to cover their, their stories. I'm curious about where, how this, interest in marginalized societies like began for you like was there a particular moment or experience where you said to yourself this is it this is what i want to focus on um let's see uh i mean i always probably since i was a teenager i always felt this sort of like rebellious side to myself like uh probably from my first year of high school I was always drawn to the underground stories, the, the people who were sort of like a little bit misfits in the class. So like, I've always been drawn to to th- that kind of environment. So I, I think that's been probably a constant in my life. And I moved to New York, I was 20. And when I came here, uh, my world changed completely. But even though I've lived here for many years, I am an immigrant. I've always felt not like not entirely part of the places that I lived in. So for some reason, I I felt this this connection with people that are uh, connection. Yeah, just felt like empathetic towards people that are not necessarily like, you know, the, 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 the rich and powerful ones, you know, in the world. Um, I, yeah, I don't know if I can pinpoint like one specific reason why I chose those stories, but I, I felt very empathetic towards people that are oppressed or people that are unheard. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, even like I grew up, uh, you know, in a sort of artistic household because my dad is an actor and he comes from a very poor family and he made himself completely from from nothing like just moving into 
into Milan by himself and uh, building his own his own career essentially in the in the in the theater world. And I don't know. I I, I always felt that you know we knew like where we we're coming from and like I always like hated like the class system and like uh, I don't know like I I always felt more connected to to the underdogs I guess see my editor brain just turned on and I just figured out where I'm cutting this episode so that's awesome um <laughs> I don't know it is it is it is well I mean it's yeah the 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 the, pro the problem sometimes with creatives um, from from all walks of life, whether you're a cook in a kitchen or a copywriter, I've got a few copywriters that uh, have been on this uh, this program so far, and it's uh, it's 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 interesting that it's shocking to them when they have to get self introspective to a certain point and be like, where did this interest start? <laughs> I don't remember where it's been guiding my life and my work for years now, and I couldn't tell you where it began. Yeah, huh. I, I, my my life story would make a terrible biopic. Jeez, um, <laughs> I'm not really used to like being interviewed, so I'm sorry. I don't I don't think I'm really good at it. No, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. But it is kind of interesting when the when when the shoes on the other foot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I had a I had a guest on uh, yesterday, and he's the only person who turned on. He's like, "Hey, how, how are you doing?" And I was just like floored. I was like, "How am I? I don't know how I'm doing. Why would you ask me that question? I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing you." Uh, and I just, I ended up jumping into like my life story with a guy while recording and just shaking my head. And I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> I don't know how that happened." Um, are you are you uh, interviewing uh, people only in, in the film industry, or is it uh, about creatives uh, of all different walks of life? All creatives of all different walks of life. Um, it's been very production heavy um, for the past few, um, mainly because I, I well we were introduced by Danny Brothers, um, and he was just like, "Are you looking for more guests?" And I was like, "Sure." And within an hour, he had sent out the emails to uh, you and to uh, David Givens. Do you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was who was I, I was on with yesterday. Uh, but I am like, you know, I've got an author on here. Uh, I've got an illustrator. I've got, a, you know, I've also a, a producer, but more from the commercial production side of things. But it's just like I'm looking for creatives in general, finding out what drives them, what's on their minds. And right. um I mean, I am kind of curious what's up for you next. Uh, I mean, at the moment, since uh, shooting out in the world has been very limited, I've been uh, working on stop motion videos. Mm. Um, so I did a short film that is five minutes long, um, just in my at my home. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's more of a, I guess it's like a fictionalized story. Uh, and my, I have a friend, a singer friend who assigned me a music video that I'm working on. Um, and I'm doing that. And then I'm, uh, well, what my next adventure might be in December, I'm building um, a project proposal for going from Morocco, from Tangier to Dakar, Senegal on uh like you know in in a car that then will be given to the senegalese people as a gift oh wow um so i want to build something around female 
the female experience in in that in that land and uh potentially bring women on the car to talk about their stories and be filmed within the car like with, with the car traveling to to the car and then um once the car is is there will be given as a gift to um, a female local business uh so i'm 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 writing the, the the project and like trying to look for the stories that i could do along the road and it would be me and another woman driving so um yeah we'll you know we will be like female doing the project and then so that that's pretty much the idea Nacy, first of all, that sounds fascinating. And I hope uh, after you wrap on that project, at least a production <laughs> arm of it, I hope to have you back on so you can tell us all about it. <laughs> and second of all, you, you, how are you? How do you go about trying to find those stories? That's something that's always been, because whenever I try to find something, I'm wrapping up a feature documentary, the post on it now, <laughs> that I've uh, been shooting for, like I started my first shoot was in 2017. And I keep asking myself, what's the next project going to be? What's the next project going to be? And while I'm very, very good at the post-production thing, side of things, and I'm good at the production side of things, like the actual pre-pro and finding those stories is nigh on impossible for me outside of like Reddit, you know, today I learned subreddit. Like how I'm curious about your approach to finding stories. Um... Well, because now with this one, I wanted the female experience and I'm still, I'm still up the idea. So I was like both drawn towards potential, like more like female empowerment situation or like local businesses or like artisanal activities around those areas, you know, rural, rural stories. Um, so I was thinking that I would start by um, essentially drawing on the map and like looking for um all kinds of like female businesses that are in the area and like read all kinds of articles on like potentially successful activities or like things that could like give me um ideas for for who to talk to um even ngos in ngos of of women in those areas um and and just and just try to like connect and then see what are what are the things that are going on what are the issues and and then reaching out i'm sorry real quick ngo yeah ngo like i don't know what... nonprofit organization oh gotcha okay sorry wasn't yeah. wasn't totally 100 on what that term was yeah 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 because the the, the there was like part of the idea was that um if the the car was going to be given to become a a anti anti-harassment um vehicle for women mm-hmm. uh, i want to see like for example one way would be to see uh what are some of like the non-profit organization in those areas uh working on on like female uh female related subjects and then uh from there um try to find an inspiration and and then you know shape it up and and potentially connect to see who would be there and if they will be available when i travel across the land and yeah Franchi, thank you so much for coming on the program today thank you thanks so much uh i hope you enjoy my my rambling i i am sure everyone's gonna absolutely love your rambling and i look forward to having you back again thank you thank you jeremy thanks Franchi. For more, head on over to francescabagani.com. 
If you enjoy the show and like to support us, you can check out our Patreon at drinkingwithcreatives.com. Also, please consider subscribing or downloading on your preferred platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.